This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Wheelhouse. Earlier this year, my business partner and I launched a new vacation rental management company. And knowing that having top-notch software providers by our side was a major key to success, we set out to find the best revenue management software in the short-term rental space. This is where Wheelhouse comes in. It's an incredibly robust platform that gives us critical market data and integrates seamlessly into our software stack. More importantly, it's built by a great team with a ton of easy tools for you to earn more on your short-term rental. Put simply, Wheelhouse has enabled us to grow our business and earn more on every reservation. We use it daily, and if you're in or looking to get into owning or managing a short-term rental, I know it can help you too. To learn more, head over to their website, usewheelhouse.com, and you can use code KNOWINGHOSPITALITY to get 50% off your first month with Wheelhouse. That's usewheelhouse.com. Now let's get to the podcast. Trans people exist. Non-binary people exist. And just the fact that if people are more open to having these conversations and more open to learning and failing, a lot of the time failing and receiving criticism and using that to grow, then really we're moving forward. We're moving in the right direction. Welcome to the Proven Principles Podcast, the show that deconstructs the inner workings of the hospitality industry, breaking down the tools, tips, and tricks that the world's best-run hotels use every day. Here's your host, Adam Knight. My guest today is Kirst J. Kirst is an experienced coordinator at a luxury spa and hotel in Vancouver, British Columbia. Using their expertise and lived experience as a transgender and non-binary individual, they engage industry professionals in conversations regarding gender inclusivity with a focus in hospitality. After recording episode 43 with Daniel Poulin on diversity and inclusion, we got to talking about what DNI efforts were looking like on the ground within hotels, not just at a corporate level. He introduced me to Kierce, who's been heavily involved on the DNI committee at their hotel, and our initial conversations about doing a follow-up episode led to a fantastic show about what it's like for employees tasked with delivering service day to day, how company efforts affect their ability to do their jobs, having a sense of pride and belonging to one's own workplace, and the actions that companies should be taking right now if they haven't made any movement yet. We're continuing the discussion about diversity and inclusion on this episode. As hotels start to rehire after the pandemic, there's no better time to be talking about how we want things to look going forward. So let's get to it. This is episode 51 of the Proven Principles podcast, Kirst J on diversity and inclusivity in the hospitality industry, volume two. Enjoy. Kirst, thank you for being on the show. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. You bet. This is a the the second, uh, and I have to you know full disclosure. This was this is a continuation of a discussion that I was having with Daniel Poulin, and he and I he actually introduced you and I uh, together to kind of continue the conversation that we both started about his larger efforts at a core. Uh, but because of your efforts uh, at your individual hotel, I, I love the idea of taking this this big topic at a high level corporate level and funneling it right down into what's going on on the ground, so to speak. So right. thanks for being here to talk about this today. Oh, yeah, no, thank you. Um, I I met, I know we'll probably talk about this some as well, but I met Daniel last year when he invited me onto the um, uh, the Accor um, North and Central America DNI committee. And it was great um, to uh, to really get to know Daniel and be a part of that committee. And still, I am still on that committee doing lots of great stuff in our community. So why don't you give everyone a quick rundown of, uh, of yourself? What's, what's your story? What are you up to? Who do you work for? My story. You know, let's, uh, 
<laughs> yeah, well, um, for myself, um, I grew up on the east coast of Canada in Prince Edward Island, really small, small province. Um, and uh, growing up, I faced a lot of challenges being a genderqueer child um, and uh, basically led me to um, finding a lot more about myself and wanting to really educate others. And I think being a part of such a great community like hospitality, there are so many different walks of life that mm-hmm. enter those hotel doors. Um, yeah, basically I moved to Banff, Alberta, straight from Prince Edward Island, went from one small place to another small mm-hmm. place um, and started working for uh, Fairmont there at the Fairmont Banff Springs and worked there for four years, moved around front office and into uh, the spa mm-hmm. and then made my leap over to Vancouver where I am today. And you're, uh, so you're still working for Fairmont Vancouver. I am. Yeah. Okay. Almost eight years with the company. That's incredible. And are you, so what are you doing with Fairmont now? So at Fairmont right now, I'm working at um, a spa and it's a almost five-star rated spa. Uh, So close. (laughs) Like (laughs) those extra points are so hard to get. I know. And uh, it's uh, it's a beautiful location. We're right on the water and it's a really great place to work every day. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's a beautiful spot. There's no doubt. Um, so what's your involvement with the DNI committee, if, is, if it's even called that, at the hotel? How did that all come to be and how, how did your involvement come to be? Well, it really started um, when I did start with the Fairmont eight years ago. I was still struggling with my own identity. And, um, basically I came out to my friends and family and I've been really starting my journey with, um, coming out on all aspects of my life. And I think Fairmont was something that I, or hospitality was something that I really struggled with in my own job. Um, you know, you come into work every day and you wear the same uniform that everyone else wears, which for being like a male in the spa industry, you don't really have a uniform. <laughs> it's <laughs> it kind of like, it's like scrubs almost, right? Or Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, basically a cu- two years ago, um, I came out to my hotel as trans. I'm trans and non-binary. So I use they, them pronouns and I don't identify as either male or female. Mm-hmm. Um, if you asked me when I was seven years old, I would probably say I am the girliest girl you ever met. But <laughs> For right now, um, I identify as uh, non-binary. And uh, basically, after coming out in my hotel, it was kind of, it was an emotional time. And uh, I basically worked with um, our human resources team and my own management team and leaders to kind of change some of our standard operating procedures and really work on the back end to get myself some comfortable accommodations, um, but for any future employees that come into the the hotel. Mm -hmm. Take me back to the day when you woke up, when you were walking into work at at the hotel in Vancouver, when you were, when you figured like, this is the day where I'm going to go have this conversation with human resources. (laughs) I feel like, and like to put it in just some perspective, myself and one other person in the North and Central America region are gender queer or trans um, that the company knows of. 
But for myself, I had been working there for six years and they didn't really notice. So I feel like I did not wake up with that intention at all. It was not on my mind. But working in hospitality, I know that a lot of the listeners too, if they work in hospitality or the service industry, they really know that it's, uh, it can sometimes be a heated environment. And, uh, yep. you know, it was just one of these things where um, we had um, monthly one-on-ones. And uh, I think it was just one of those days when someone just kind of looks at you differently and you just like kind of get a little heated. And then you go into this meeting, you're just like, oh my gosh, what I'm going to talk about. And then it just all came out. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the biggest struggles was just living that kind of dual life where I couldn't be myself at work mm-hmm. and I couldn't really, yeah, bridge that gap. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and up until that point, what was the company's stance oh. or perspective or messaging around, around what we're talking about before you came out to them? I, I don't really think that there was anything specific to do with the trans identity or mm-hmm. inclusivity, really. But I think that hospitality is such a welcoming environment that I probably could have, if I were to relive my time at Fairmont, come out a lot more, a lot sooner. But really, it was just um, maybe a struggle that I had internally. Mm-hmm. But Rather than getting my, pushed to it. Right, exactly. And I think um, that's something that I've really tried to change in my involvement with the DNI committee is to really create a safe space where people can be a little bit more forthcoming. Mm-hmm. Um, and that goes from everything from our documents, which is a huge hurdle for people, um, to just physically entering spaces. Mm-hmm. Because from a colleague perspective, you really are just given two options. You're given two uniforms to choose from and whatever it says on your identification, that's really what you're propelled to. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. I mean, then I remember Daniel and I talking about this, that you don't, you know, when you're in a senior leadership position, you, a lot of times there's no policy in place Mm -hmm. until you're forced to put a policy in place for something that was never really in your frame of reference for good, bad, or indifferent, whatever, however you want to look at it. Um, and I'm curious to know after that conversation with human resources, how long did it take between that conversation and things with a DNI committee to really gel and come together? Well, it had been a year from me having that moment and coming out. It had been a year to when I was actually invited to the DNI community. And when I, it, when I spoke to Daniel at the time, it wasn't really, it was still kind of getting its footing. Mm-hmm. Um, but for myself, it was, it really came to maybe bi-weekly meetings with human resources. And just, I, I know in hospitality, things take a little bit longer um, to come into fruition. But for myself, it was, I was physically facing everyday struggles. Mm -hmm. And so every day it was not getting easier. And so it really was 
having conversations with my human resources team and hotel management team. And I think something that I learned from my conversation and I was quite surprised about was um, no one, no one was ever saying no to me. No one was ever denying my existence or not saying that they wanted to include me, but that they were waiting, you know, you're kind of um, waiting for someone to tell you these things. Mm. And so for a trans person who is just coming out and, you know, asking for these spaces that my other colleagues readily have access to, you know, um, like it, it all comes down to um, a human resources manager or someone in management saying, oh, well, if, if I knew or if um, someone does need a uniform in another department, we'll provide that to them. I'm like, well, no, it should be provided from the start. Right, right. Rather than putting the onus on the other person, the company needs to be proactive about that. Exactly. And it's all down to really like uh, problems with disclosure. And that goes between um, colleagues and guests. And when I talk about disclosure, I mean, um, even to this day in the hotel, we automatically go towards um, gendered pronouns and gendered language for all of our guests. Mm-hmm. So it's not even a, a colleague perspective at that point. It's um, even from a guest perspective mm-hmm. um, and uh, basically just waiting for that guest to disclose their own pronouns and disclose how they like to be addressed instead of from the get-go asking them mm-hmm. or asking everyone. Yeah, right. And that actually, you know, that was a pretty eye-opening conversation you and I had as we were setting up mm-hmm. this whole um, this whole interview today, you know, even just I think it's so easy to get, and I don't want to go down a rabbit hole yet because I, I no, have no, no, some yeah. other questions about this. <laughs> but I think it's so easy to just to, to sort of get in your head about not knowing how to address somebody, especially if you've been with a company like Fairmont forever, you've just been sort of indoctrinated into how to address people, right? That's right. just you've <laughs> sort of pounded into your head for years and years, <laughs> yeah, um, and it's literally just as easy as asking somebody how they like to be addressed. That's so easy. So easy, right? It's so easy. And like, uh, there are some things that um, really just slip up, like common sayings, like, hey guys, Mm -hmm. Um, things like that, or like, hey ladies, good morning ladies. Um, But really it's just, it's just a a learning opportunity and we're all here to grow. Yeah, yeah. And the point about, putting the onus back on the employee is, I mean, if a, to draw a, maybe a similar phrase, we you try so hard in luxury hospitality, not to put any onus back on the guest, right? You try mm-hmm. to think of as much as you can so that you're not forcing them to have to right. ask for something, whatever it is. It's, it's a very similar concept. Just, you're just flipping it and you're taking care of your internal guests, air quote, internal guests, right? In a different <laughs> way. Um, your your point about human resources waiting for someone to educate them or to help with the process of moving the ball down the field in in this discussion is a really interesting one. And I I, I think about what that must have been like. 
I mean, I know what it's like when I when I was working for a company and I went to a department like human resources asking for something and it just felt like the wheels would grind to a halt. And it could be something like yeah. very like like silly, like I need a form for something, right? right. And it Tedious. takes two weeks to get. Yeah, or keys, whatever, a new new name, <laughs> whatever it is. Um, but you know, that's very different than having to educate an entire department on a whole new way of interacting with employees mm -hmm. uh, that probably would seem on from from the outset to somebody who's not really deep in it that it would a lot of the discussion might seem to go against company policy or company practices like so you sort of end up in this place where you're like I want to do the right thing but I don't want to get in trouble for doing the wrong thing so I'm not going to do anything and you mm -hmm. just sort of sit there right and you hesitate. Yeah. You hesitate. Um, how, so, you know, it's maybe speaking to somebody who is in a similar situation right now where uh, they're either waiting, they've had this conversation, they're waiting for the company to take action or like they're just, maybe they are worried about coming forward because they don't know whether the company is going to take it seriously. How did you approach that next step in the conversation with the hotel? Just to, to get the ball rolling, right? Well, you're you're meaning from when I came out to mm -hmm. everyone, yeah. So basically, so basically, when I um, did express my identity to my management team, it was it was well received. There was no issues um, with moving forward or um, beginning conversations. Mm -hmm. I think um, it was um, self definitely self led. They were definitely reliant on my active participation. Mm -hmm. um, and that is something that it was um, challenging. Um, you know, I, I am still quite privileged. Um, and so to begin these conversations for people who are not as privileged as myself um, was something that I took on. Um, and it, it was quite trying at times. <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, you know, individuals in human resources, they are very open and understanding. And uh, I think um, definitely coming with a housekeeping list of items that I needed, mm -hmm. um, definitely get, got the ball rolling. Mm -hmm. um, and easily, easy, it was very easy to uh, compare it to things that uh, my other colleagues already have. But essentially... Everyone was quite open and I just needed to be that force to kind of ask for time. If you have to go in as the person asking for change and then having to educate people on the change you want to see, that's mm -hmm. a, that's a, could be a heavy burden and, it is, and prevent people from moving, actually coming forward in the first place. Right. And a lot of the time that this is on a, another little layer, but a lot of the time, um, trans experiences are heavily regarded and used for optics a lot of the time mm. and not a lot of the time um, are we compensated for providing that Interesting. insight. Interesting. You're almost acting as a consultant and maybe you should be compensated as like kind of for time and expertise right. and, and giving direction rather mm -hmm. than just a you know, give me your opinion. What should we do? And okay, go back to, all right. Yeah. Lunch break's over. Go back to work. Yeah, go back to the front line. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, 
So where are things now with the hotel and, and the DNI committee? You've been at it now for a little while. Um, how are things lining up? Yeah, we've been, um, I've been at it for almost over a year now um, since I spoke with Daniel. But um, basically where it all started with the actual DNI, my involvement in the DNI committee was with um, providing educational seminars to internal management um, across the NCA region. Mm-hmm. And it was something that wasn't done previously, but something Daniel was quite excited about because previously they'd never had active involvement from someone who um, the topic directly um, was associated with. Right. And so that was uh, pretty rewarding and eye-opening on a lot of levels because I got, I got to touch a lot of people from higher management in different um, hotels within Fairmont. Mm-hmm. And after providing um, some sessions there, uh, was able to get in touch with um, iSpa, provided some um, consults for them, and uh, worked on worked with Daniel actually on a article for Pulse, which is their oh, magazine. Yeah. So I'm sure I'll provide you with the, the link to that. Oh, please do. Yeah. If it's yes. yeah, if it's if it's online, I'd love to include it in the it show notes is. for people to see. Yeah, it's a wonderful article just about um, how to provide uh, an inclusive spa. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, work um, particularly for myself and that it would affect like other trans people who eventually will be hopefully working in my hotel mm-hmm. um, started quite slowly from everything from a change room to uniform. Um, and now we are looking at our language as uh, as a whole hotel, mm-hmm. so breaking those barriers where we're automatically assuming the gender of people who are coming in, mm-hmm. to asking them straight from reservation to check in, um, what are your pronouns? Oh, okay, okay. Straight, straight to the straight, straight to, to the, the point. point, right? Yeah. And why not? Like, why why wouldn't you? It's it's not offensive. It's readily no. available. Yeah. Like, yeah. So practically speaking. Um, if there's anybody listening right now who is uh, is unsure, who who may be having these discussions in their own hotel and is a little unsure of how to deal with, you brought up the change room um, mm-hmm. issue, uniform issue. I mean, I can't think of any name tags that have gender callouts on them. We don't do, really do Mr., Mrs., Miss, anything like that yeah. on them. Uh, just first name or first name, last name. But perhaps uh, you know, the, the uniform piece how did that all come together? What does it look like today at the hotel for, for an employee coming or a colleague? Coming? Mm-hmm. So for a colleague coming in, we're still, um, our, my great human resources team are still working on rewriting every onboarding document to include other gender markers or um, instead of uh, um, having legal name and preferred name or used name. Um, so that's really great because for any future colleagues, they can have that opportunity. And, um, it was something with our human resources team in regard to uniforms is having each department select, uh, an all gender uniform. And I love that word gen all gender, because it is so inclusive, whereas gender neutral is a little limiting, Mm. um, and something that we had, so they are providing, all gender uniforms for every single department that if someone does 
come on and doesn't identify as either male or female, they're able to actually have a, a uniform that they're comfortable in. Is it a different uniform from the male and female uniform? It's a completely different uniform. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, with the change rooms, you know, it's still in works. I think what's difficult is um, from my perspective, at least I don't, ex- we can't expect every spa and hotel in the world to remove all gender markers or gender areas and go through all of this construction and put through so much capital to do that. Um, really it's um, creating or accommod- creating accommodating spaces. Mm-hmm. So for right now, we have two little vestibules, which are all gender change room and washrooms. Mm. Um, so for anyone coming in, they have lockers right in the washroom that they can store all their belongings. Mm-hmm. And then hopefully down the road in a couple of years, we'll be able to invest that capital and mm-hmm. fully renovate so that we have all gender change rooms where people can just go into separate vestibules to change and lock their items. Right. How do you feel? about the progress so far being on the committee sort of being in a position to drive that conversation but probably also like you know seeing what goes on on the back end um how do you where do you think things are at right now i feel pretty positive it's been uh, like i said it, it has been challenging um to kind of take it on as again one of two trans people in the entire um nca region um, I feel very positive because um, we have been working or we have been finding it difficult with, um, you know, companies like Forbes and their standards, not really aligning with um, being inclusive of gender. Mm-hmm. And something that specifically in my hotel, it's been months of conversations. Well, I mean, years of conversations, but eventually we're getting, get to a place where we are able to ask those um, great questions Mm -hmm. and um, inform ourselves of our guests, um, gender or uh, pronouns. And um, hopefully there will be a time when Forbes will catch up. Um, But for now, it seems that my, at least um, our hotel and uh, Fairmont is actually going to be working to um, kind of be leaders in that area. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you bring up the Forbes thing. I, I, I lived and breathed Forbes five-star yeah. standards, like for a, a lot of my career. Uh, I know them a little better than I would, I would like to. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I know exactly what you're talking about. It even brings to mind, like there's, there's hotel companies out there that have uh, mission statements, like ladies and gentlemen, serving ladies and gentlemen, you know, there's, there's, right. there's a lot of stuff that, that is, uh, probably at one time seemed very um, mm-hmm. in, innocuous, but today right. requires a lot more thought and mm-hmm. um, and and deliberate action against. Um, and so, so right. yeah, I, hmm. yeah, I, I, I imagine. <laughs> I mean, I'm just thinking about all the uh, all, all the opportunities out there that I've come across. Just even since, you know, being involved in conversations like the, the one we're having today, the one I had with Daniel. I mean, this is this is there's a. Um, it's great to see that there's progress, but you know, again, there's a lot of a lot of room mm-hmm. left to go. Right. Exactly. And even with um, 
companies like that, uh, that ladies and gentlemen one. Um, not, it's just, not calling anybody out. <laughs> no, 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 not naming any names. Right. But it's just obviously, um, again, it's frustrating because if there was a trans person present there, that would obviously be changed. But again, it's kind of companies, um, either lack of education or just hesitation. Like I said, I think it's a lot of hesitation to change. How is the DNI discussion uh, at the hotel framed with the colleagues? Is it is it more guest centric or is it more employee centric? It's definitely more guest centric. I think the the focus is definitely on guests in our DNI community. I'm almost I'm trying to think. I think it's just myself and one other colleague, actually. So it's a lot of upper management um, on the committee itself. So a lot of it doesn't trickle right down to the colleagues themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, but it has been great because they are able to provide this platform of education, uh, which is really key to enact change and um, creating change in even um, processes like uh, our email signatures, adding mm-hmm. pronouns to those. Mm-hmm. So it's items like that, which are, which are really great, but it really does focus on, um, on guest perspective, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And your point earlier about, uh, about human resources, taking the time to work through not just forms, but just the general operation of onboarding a new employee is -hmm. a really good one. I mean, from a hotel perspective, I understand the, the propensity to think of everything from a guest first perspective. Right. Uh, But it seems to me like coming at it from making sure that everybody internally has what they need Mm -hmm. to feel included and that they have everything to do their job and all of those other things that, you know, you talk about on an employee opinion survey or employee engagement survey or whatever it's right. called now under the accord <laughs> brand. Uh, th- those are the things that will always translate better into the guest service space. If you take care of the people exactly. that work for you, the guests are always better taken care of. Mm-hmm. So you almost, it seems to me like almost the, the perspective should be flipped. Right. And it's really, um, it is, uh, it's really a challenge because, um, you know, colleagues, they care, they care so much. And mm-hmm. so if they had this knowledge and had this education and felt the support that maybe, um, they would be, you know, that able to take care of gender diverse, at least, um, um, guests arriving right. in the hotel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so we talked about onboarding some of the change room, uh, things that the hotel is doing uniforms, uh, asking guests how they, you know, what are their pronouns or how do they prefer to be addressed? Uh, what else should people in frontline service positions know about, and even, you know, maybe those in human resources or in positions to have these conversations in their own hotels or their own companies, mm-hmm. what else do we need to have an eye on here? I think, um, well, back to pronouns, I think language is really key and um, kind of removing bias. That's something that is is huge. Is, um, everyday interactions with people is just strife with bias. 
If I'm seeing an email come in, I'm gendering that name. If I'm seeing a guest walk up, I'm gendering that person dependent on how they look. Hmm. And it's what's really lacking is um, moving away from this thought of the binary, male and female, and um, you know, using they, them pronouns when you're unsure of the, the person's pronouns. Or in the spa industry, at least, it's really hard um, because people do have preferences for who their therapist is. Mm-hmm. Um, but trying to remove gendered preference um, and not so much remove it completely, but maybe to ask, do you have a preference in therapist instead of to have a preference in male or female provider? Because mm-hmm. what if I want to work as a provider? What if I get trained as a provider? I'm not really going to have an opportunity within that language. I think language is really the key because like I said before, it doesn't require capital. It can be changed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting, that's an interesting thought. I mean, how do you, and this is a, maybe a thought experiment mm-hmm. uh, and I'm sure something you definitely thought about before, but <laughs> you know, when, especially in a place like the spa that is so personal, when you're, you're like, you, there's not a lot of other people that you would ever get undressed in front of and let right. them, you know, <laughs> touch your entire body, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it, but you know, it's a very personal experience and people are going to have, um, I, and therapists too, like massage therapists, like are going to have a very, uh, I imagine comfort boundaries are going to be very mm-hmm. well established. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'd be curious to know just from your perspective how do you it's is it it's not necessarily about pushing those boundaries is it it's more about like you know i'll give you a scenario if a guest Mm -hmm. called and they said the guest said they have a preference of a male or female therapist Mm -hmm. and one wasn't available. A therapist who didn't, and maybe I'm getting way too like, like what if, what if? And I, if, <laughs> I apologize if I am, but like it's it could be a real scenario. Mm-hmm. You know, if a male or female therapist wasn't available, but someone who who didn't identify as male or female was available, mm-hmm. what would how how would you handle that? How would a spa? Because that that could be a very real situation that comes up. It it really could be, and I think. Um, in using myself, like if I had trained to become a therapist, I've always wanted to be an esthetician. I love nails. Um, if there was no, um, if there was a guest who did have a preference, say for a female provider and, you know, we had asked, do you have a preference in provider? They said, oh, we have a preference in female provider. We don't have a female provider available, but we do have Kiersa available. They're Mm -hmm. great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would recommend that this person because of this. I think it's really just changing um, the conversation to focus less on gender and make it more on customizing the experience. Love that you said that. Yeah, I think that's something. I think that's something that we talked about um, in the early stages of this call as well. Is just how frustrating it is from my perspective because a lot of the time. Um, people who, you know, um, 
have issues with what I'm doing or with being more gender inclusive in their language, say that I'm putting too much onus on gender when it's actually the opposite. Mm -hmm. I'm actually trying to alleviate a lot of um, gender difficulty or language. Yeah, I love that you said that. It's about the experience. It's mm-hmm. about it's about what the person's going to get by, you know, going to the spa or what, you know, staying at right. the hotel, going to the restaurant, whatever mm-hmm. it is. And, and it's it, getting out of that very sort of narrow view of, uh, mm-hmm. of who's providing the thing, the experience that that guest is, is purchasing. Right. Cause they, I mean, we sell experience in hotels. That's yeah. every, and everyone's capable. We're world-class. <laughs> oh my gosh. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Your hotel's unbelievable. Everything that we talked about today and me having a pretty good sense that there are a lot of people in a lot of hotels that are maybe a little bit further down the road in these conversations than your hotel is at and far more that haven't even started yet. What's the message that you want to get out there to the, to the people that are listening right now? And you know, you've probably got a few different audiences listening right now. Those that are in position to enact the change, those are in position to, uh, to ignite the change, uh, some people resisting, other people pushing really hard. What do you want to say to them? Basically, what I want to say is trans people exist, non-binary people exist. And just the fact that um, if people are more open to having these conversations and more open to learning and failing, a lot of the time failing um, and receiving criticism and using that to grow, then really we're moving forward, we're moving in the right direction. And I think eliminating a lot of that fear that people have to have these conversations and even begin asking questions of this nature, I think is is really key for finding uh, the future of hospitality because, you know, the, the trans experience is challenging, but also very wonderful and rewarding and freeing. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, it's a it's a huge group of people that not a lot of um, hotels or um, areas of hospitality can really capitalize on or provide experiences to because um, I think our practices and our understandings are a little bit more limited. And I think starting your own conversations within uh, either an organized DNI committee at your hotel or industry or just amongst yourselves as colleagues to see how you can really provide these beautiful experiences to all guests, mm-hmm. I think is, is really powerful. I think that's really well said. For those people that are afraid to have these conversations because they are worried about saying the wrong thing or offending, inadvertently offending somebody. What's your advice to them? I mean, this is coming from a white perspective as well. Like Mm -hmm. I definitely, there are conversations that I have all the time and it's uncomfortable. And it really is something that I've been struggling with as well. But really having safe spaces and being more confident to make mistakes. For myself, being misgendered, it really is difficult to hear. But as long as you apologize and try harder next time, that is really all I want. That's really all I ask. 
Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people feel that way. It's um, there's less um, onus or responsibility on getting things right every single time. And really making mistakes is the only way that you can grow. And just make an effort. Yeah, make an effort. Try a little harder. Try a little harder. <laughs> <laughs> Kirsch, this was uh, such a great conversation. Thank you so much for being on here. Uh, Thank if you for having me. Anybody wants to get a hold of you or learn more, or if there's a Hey, a consulting opportunity that comes forward. <laughs> Somebody wants to do some training. Um, you know, <laughs> what's a good place for them to go? How can people learn more about you? Um, people can find me on Instagram. I'm a very big Instagrammer. Okay. Um, I'm a millennial, so love Instagram. Um, my handle is at Kiers Arthur. So that's K I R S Arthur with a U. Um, and all my, my links are in there. Um, and I'll send you that um, Pulse article as well. Oh, to, do that, please. Yeah, to. that'd be great. Yeah, I'll link to the article in the show notes and uh, your uh, profile as well. So if anybody uh, wants to do a little more research or get a hold of you, um, they'll be able to find it on there. Awesome. Good stuff. Well, hey, Kirst, thanks again for being on the show. This was fantastic. Thank you so much. I love having these conversations. This was my episode with Kirst J. You can find them on Instagram. I'll link to their profile in the show notes. You can see the full interview on YouTube. Just search The Proven Principles Podcast. And if you want to learn more about the show, just head over to our website, theprovenprinciplespodcast.com. Finally, if you need help with a business strategy or just need someone to talk to about a tough problem in your hotel or restaurant, please don't hesitate to reach out. You can book a free call with me by going to knowinghospitality.com slash contact. Thanks again for listening. Until next time. For past episodes, show notes, or if you've got a story that might make a great episode, head on over to theprovenprinciplespodcast.com. We'd love to hear from you. You can subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts, even on YouTube. And if you haven't already, don't forget to leave us a rating and a review. Thanks for listening to The Proven Principles Podcast.